welcome to this week's Three Legs, Four Wheels F1 podcast. It's Paul here with... Chris. Sean. And that's it. And no one else. And get well soon, Lee and Dan. Yeah. Dropping like flies. Absolutely. Yes, uh, Lee wasn't with us last week and we have a bit of an apology because I think we were, we were a little harsh on him under the circumstances. <laughs> yeah, we were like, uh, oh, he's soft, he's not, he's not here for podcasts, but he's actually, he's actually genuinely in hospital. He's been in hospital since Friday. Uh, Thursday or Friday, yeah. With some so. kind of hallucinogenic stuff. Mm, and Dan is recovering from his marathon at the week, or half marathon at the weekend. Yes. Marathon flu. Yes. I think I think we I think we can definitely let Dan off. Can't let Lee off though. No. Are we no, still no, are we still gonna are we still gonna be a little bit harsh on him? No. No, all right. No, no. If it was the other way round, he would probably still be harsh. So any harshness that comes out in Lee's direction is purely incidental. It's purely Lee's. Yeah. Lee's influence. <laughs> so get well soon, Lee, and get well soon, Dan. So we're on, we're on a three-person pod tonight. Yeah, our, se- yeah. our second three-person pod of the year, I think. Have we done two shows on the trot with the same lineup this year yet? No. I don't think so. Not yet. <laughs> I, I, I appear to have been here quite intermittently. So is everyone Which, else, yeah. except me. <laughs> <laughs> you no, are I've the been, one constant. <laughs> yeah, I've been intermittent this year. Yeah, 194 shows, and I've still done 193 of them. Yep, the one that you missed, we did make people shit themselves by um, not starting the show with your voice. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a little bit hard to do, as I was in hospital that yeah, night. you were, yeah. Having my shoulder put back together after a bizarre cabling incident. If memory serves, Lee in, did the intro oh, to no. the show that oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I've still not dared listen to it, and it's been, it's been a long time. Anyway, better move on with this week's. Yeah. Uh, Monday News. A little bit yeah, of well, Monday some, news. Something... Confirmation on Monday. Yeah, yeah, we knew it was coming, kind of. I think. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't know. With it having to be voted in by all ten teams and the strategy group, and God, God knows who else. But no, F one have actually confirmed today that a point bonus point will be given for the driver getting the fastest lap as long as they finish in the top ten. Yeah. So, so I was going to call it the Alonso point. Because you see Alonso, didn't you, when he knew he wasn't going to get in the points, yeah. he would pit for, yep. for the fastest tyres with like three, four laps to go, put the fastest lap in, and sometimes he would come away from the race with the fastest lap. Yeah. Um, now, that won't work if you finish 14th, 15th. Um, you're not going to get the point. Yeah. Right at this point, I, I could drop in that uh, hat jingle that I did the other day, but I'm not Don't going do to. That, no. <laughs> no, that was a waste of time, Paul. It, t- it took me about three minutes. <laughs> But the, and that was only because I had to record the voiceover twice because I knocked the microphone on the first one. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, yeah, it's an interesting scenario to put forward. You gotta you gotta be in the points to get the bonus point, but you can get fastest lap of the race. What I was worried about was I didn't want to see a scenario like we saw in Formula E was the end of a couple of seasons ago mm. where it was basically a fastest lap race for the oh, championship. Because the two the two contenders took each other out, didn't they? So then they came in, waited to be repaired. And then went on a then, fastest lap yeah. rampage. Yeah, yeah, then kept just doing three lap runs out out lap, hot lap, in lap. Yeah. Whilst everybody else was still attempting to make a race of it, yeah. yeah. Now obviously, in this circumstance, that wouldn't work because you have to be in the top ten. But there could be like a circumstance. That's what I mean. Where... I mean, I don't want. I think that's probably taken into consideration. I don't want to see that. Yeah. But what could happen? I suppose. I think that's probably what you're going to say. Uh, yeah. Where, where like you have because you have this drop off between the leaders 
and the midfield. Yeah. You could get whoever's running in sixth coming in, knowing that they've got you know, 30 seconds to the next guy. Yeah. Come in late on, new set of tyres, bit of entertainment. Yeah, possibly. Or, you know, if the if the race winner were to get the fastest lap, they they then either either claw into a championship lead or you know or or extend a championship lead by that extra point further and it means that you're going to get drivers pushing towards the end of a race rather than conserving do you know what i mean so yeah rather than you know three laps to go the gap is three seconds i'm not going to get much more out of this well actually if the gap is three seconds I could hammer it round on the last two laps, get fastest lap, and get an extra point off of him. Mm. Yeah. So, oh, if he wins today, he gets fa- he gets the championship. Unless, of course, second place gets the fastest lap, and then, oh wow, second place gets the fastest lap. You know, it goes yeah. on to the next round. You know, just you know. There's a lot of luck that comes into it late on in races as well, aren't there? With things like back, back markers, markers and, and stuff. And yeah, of course. Whether or not your tires actually are still useful, particularly because we've got new compounds this year and who the fuck knows how they're going to work and who's going to throw away points you know if yes. you're seventh if you're seventh or eighth or something like that pushing for fastest lap yeah uh yeah you put either pushing for fastest lap and getting it wrong or um doing the alonso thing pitting with a few laps to go thinking that you know we could still catch the back of the back, back of the pack here for the top 10 and have a shot of fastest lap if we pit with i don't know seven eight laps to go mm. thing is that is one point enough of an incentive? Um, resident anorak John Lawton, better known to us a lot as Rubber, mm. um, he suggested maybe three points would be a better idea because the last time that F1 had the bonus point for the fastest lap, it was six points for a win. Interesting. Yeah. So I'd... maybe make, make it a bit more valuable. And that kind of... That works for if you finish... Gives a little bit more of an incentive. Well, it does, and it works if you finish from 6th to 10th. But if you finish first, an extra 3.28 <laughs> points for a win, that's a 10-point gap over over the finishing second then. Mm. So that, do you know what I mean? That opens it up a bit too much if the race winner also gets the the point. And if the second place person were to get it, the gap between first and second is four points, or the gap between second and third suddenly becomes like what seven, eight points, and that's not how it should work mm. because you should get the bigger points for the position you finish in. I think one point is, is is about right, so I disagree with John on that point. I mean, Ross Ross Braun's been saying it's a um, what's it resurrection of our heritage because I think they ran this up to sometime in the sixties, did they? Yeah, it was uh, it was around for I think it was the first ten seasons. Right, so early sixties they probably got rid of it then. Yeah. So, and it does sound like a very American thing to do as well. Yeah, I mean they do it in a lot of other series. Yeah, like it, do, do IndyCar do it? I honestly couldn't tell you. I, not to the best of my knowledge, but they do do qualifying points at the Indy Five Hundred, do they not? Yes. So you, and I think you get. A, I think Indy can do a bonus point for pole as well. This is what, this is what I mean. Like, you know what I mean? Like bonus point just sounds mm-hmm. like a very. And I'm not accusing Liberty or Formula One as they are of, of Americanizing the sport, but it's just. A, it seems like a very U.S. influence, and they've just used the fact that it was from the '60s that you know as as a reason for. Sort of know, oh, we're not being American. Look, it's a yeah. We're not a American. It's historic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think some of the um, I'm not against it. Yeah, I think some of the ten top classes do it as well. 
Yeah. I think you get it in uh, you get it in touring cars. Yeah, I'm not against it. I think it it, it could work for people watching. Um but it could also so easily spoil things. Yeah. I mean there's going to there's going to be an extra trophy handed out for this as well, I'll bet. Because Is there isn't there official fastest lap trophy now? Sponsored by DHL. So this this is what I reckon because pole position is sponsored by Pirelli and whoever gets on pole gets the miniature tire. Mm. Whoever gets the fastest lap, are they going to get like a toy delivery lorry? No, an envelope. <laughs> Delivered to next door. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it'll be like um, at the Race of Champions where the trophy is brought to them by a DHL truck. Oh, that was that, that was that was hilariously work. cringy. Yes. That sounds quite fun, actually. And then they open it up and there's just like a man there with the trophy. In the back of the van, just stood there. Yeah, it was just, just a bog-standard DHL delivery truck. Oh, Being driven very carefully because there was just a man stood in the back of it. With a heavy trophy. Yes. Yes. He left it next door. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Can you sign for that? Did you, did you have to sign the docket? Um, I, I, I didn't see any signing. didn't ask for anyone's ID. That's quite poor, poor, isn't it? It is yeah. poor. Yeah. Here's a trophy, but can I say your super license first? Who won the race of champions? This year, it was Mexican rally driver whose name eludes me, but he won the the WRC this week, and I've completely forgotten his oh, name. Oh, right, okay. I was going to say, it would be embarrassing if uh, Sebastian Vettel won it. What would be him being sponsored by UPS? Mm. <laughs> um, no, they, uh, they, managed, they managed to avoid that embarrassment this year. It's, it's amazing, isn't it? It only happened, like, less than two months ago, and... I didn't watch the Race of Champions. I used to watch it, but I haven't watched it for a long time. It was, it was quite, quite good this year. Um, other thing that's come out today is um, the whole fuss and shenanigans over the British Grand Prix. Formula One and the... Is it still BRDC that owns Silverstone? It uh, used yes, to be. it is. Uh, even though they had tried to put it up for sale. Um, they not they haven't reached an agreement yet, and Ross Braun has um, announced that he is incredibly sad that they they're not able to come to an agreement. But he says they're not far away from reaching some sort of agreement, and Formula One is quite desperate to have a, a race in Britain. Now that to me says it doesn't have to be Silverstone, but where else is capable of holding it? Donington isn't FIA Grade One, no, yet. Or anywhere close, and every time they're about to be, they always run out of money. Donington, of course, not having held a Grand Prix since three, the European Grand Prix. Yeah, well known for possibly Ayrton Senna's best open, opening lap, certainly in the wet. Best best race, I think he lapped everybody mm. except for um, Damon Hill, I think, or Alan Bross, who ever finished second. Mm. I can't remember who finished second, um, but. Yeah, that's that's not looking likely. Brands Hatch, I don't know. Brands Hatch are very limited with the number of uh, events they can hold every year because it's sort of slap bang in the middle of a residential area. It won't be Brands Hatch. Um, it's even the, the bigger circuit's too short for F one. I think realistically, F1. if it's not Silverstone, it would end up being a street, a street circuit. circuit. I think is 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 what you would probably on the outskirts of London because they uh, Ross Brown's more or less admitted that they can't hold one in the centre of London because it would just cause too many problems. Yeah. yeah. And do we need another street race on the calendar? No, we don't, no. And we don't want the British Grand Prix to be a London street circuit, do we? No, I mean, I I don't mind it as an addition. There's still talk of the London Grand Prix being a completely separate event. Yeah, but that's what I mean. I don't mind it as an addition to Mm -hmm. the British Grand Prix. But you wouldn't want it to replace Silverstone. No, 
no. Um, unless they do like the, the, I don't know, bring it here, bring it to the Isle of Man, we'll pretend <laughs> to be British for, for a day. Hey, if the pay is enough, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, then Where again, would no, we put it? Th- we couldn't put it at Jerby. No, Jerby is not a FIA track. sanctioned. Fine. It's fine. It's more dangerous than the Nürburgring. It won't get FIA <laughs> sanctioning either, but just do it anyway. <laughs> it would be, what, like two laps? Cat is dangerously close to knocking drinks over. That's that's well-behaved cat, though. Okay, just just pre-warning. Sassy little nightmare is busy sat up the top there, so she's well out of the way. Bruno is less of a bother, although he's getting dangerously I'm, close to I'm my drink. just going to move <laughs> that large, almost full pint glass of squash that he was about to barge into. Track hazards. <laughs> <coughs> I mean, we, we back, back on topic, now the cat's buggered off. Mm. Um, there needs to be a British Grand Prix. That, yeah, is, that is that is a long and short of it. Yeah, there does and I'm not saying British that not saying that through British bias. It's just if F1, all right, they want to expand into new territories, new markets, new areas, do new things. They've still they've, they've still got to respect the past, which is what they claim they're doing by bringing in the bonus point for. Uh, I know they called it an extra life then. <laughs> the bonus point for the fastest lap. So if if they're looking to the past as well as the future. Um, there are certain races that have to be held. Britain, Italy. Belgium. Belgium. Technically speaking, France. Although France was off the calendar for a long time. True. Yeah, and then you've got um, Germany as well, but yeah, there hasn't that been a German goes, Grand Prix. But these are all European countries that geographically mm-hmm. are next to each other. Do you know what I mean? It's mm. It's... it's Global in a global world, having races so close to each other might not work out so well. I mean, look at Singapore and Malaysia ran alongside each other for ten years. Then Malaysia was like, actually, can't be bothered. Mm. Mm-hmm. There's a race 100 180 kilometers away. We just we'll just go with that one instead. Yeah. Well, the fact that Malaysia had to put the prices up because the uh, the cost of the circuit of holding the race just kept going up and up and up. Yeah. And it was making a loss for the promoters. Mm. You know, there's billions being thrown around in Formula One, and it just it just amazes me that a lot of a lot of I'll say stakeholders in it can't turn a profit with this amount of cash that's flying around. Yeah, and somebody's is, making money yeah, somewhere. Is is that down to Formula One themselves wanting too much? Is this a throwback to the Bernie days? Uh, where if there's money involved in the sport, I want it all. Every penny is a premium. Exactly. Or, or is it just, just you know the system is broken and it's too, you know you can, you can't fix the system without you know breaking it completely and starting again. You know if if you change one thing, you're going to annoy the teams. Mm-hmm. If you annoy the teams, teams oh we're not accepting that. And then you change something else, the drivers go we're not doing that many races, and then they've got to change something else. And TV companies go well we're not paying that. Do you know what I mean? There's there's too many interested parties, I think, for them to to change everything completely. Mm. So there has to be some sort of appeasement somewhere. There is definitely an, an issue with Formula One charging too much to put races on, though, because there's um, MotoGP have been busy announcing a couple of new races that they've got in the next couple of years, one of which is in Finland. And they've oh, got cool. a new new track just about to open there. Looks awesome. Um, interestingly named the Kimi Ring. With a really? W- Kimmy with a Y, not an I, so it might be Kimi. I don't know. Um, As we learned last week, we're not great on Finnish pronunciation. Yes, <laughs> yes. yes. Um, but yeah, th- this track is FIA grade one, class one, whatever they call it, sanctioned for F1, but they cannot get the price. Really? In Finland. 
How is there not going to be a demand for that? But the, <laughs> Finland has more motorsport world champions per capita than any other mm-hmm. nation on earth. Over, you know, over the history of motorsport. Yeah. But it's, yeah, they yeah. can't get the money together for F1. No. Well, it's only a country of about five million people, despite it's huge, but it's most mostly trees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a country of five million people, and about four million of them all take part in some form of motorsport. Yeah, that's probably a fair assumption. And all the others do winter sport. Well, it takes like two years to pass your driving test in Finland because you've got to learn how to skid and learn how to. <laughs> you, you do seriously. You got to learn how to skid on, you know, because it, it's going to happen because ice. Yeah. So. <laughs> So yeah, you have to learn how to control skids and everything, which is why the Finnish make wonderful race drivers, because they learn to drive from such a young age, and these skills are just natural to them almost. Whereas apparently the American driving test is pull up at that traffic light, you've passed. Um, well, I don't know about that. But, um, the uh, we'll we'll not get back into the um, the difficulties between or the, the the difference in difficulty between the British driving test and the American one. No, don't get into that. <laughs> After a lot of Americans were stunned at how tricky the British one is. It is quite difficult, but the um, it, it I mean you know it's difficult for a reason. But the Grand Tour when Richard Hammond had to take his had to take his <laughs> test in a yes. foreign country, <laughs> they made him put his hands up, closed his hands, <laughs> opened his hands. Like did a little dance to prove on his that feet. he could like grip. <laughs> yeah. Turned around and that that was it. He passed his driving was test. That, was that China? Yeah, was I think it was, yeah, yeah. It was in China. Oh, God, yeah, good driving test that in China. <laughs> That's completely thrown me. Sorry. Uh, um off topic, not like me. We have gone off piece It's a completely little. like me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, dragging it back on, um, we are still going to be four races away, at least, from F1's goal of a 25-race calendar, which nobody seems to be keen on. Teams and drivers are not not keen on it because they say that, you know, this this season, 2019, finishes on the 2nd of December, which might not sound like... Uh, you know, it's a couple of weeks later than it usually is, but might not sound a lot. But when you think about how long it takes them to shut the factories down mm-hmm. for, for winter, okay, the development teams still work, mm. but the they won't be shut down and have everything back in and safe uh, and locked away again until just before Christmas. Uh, by which point, most Formula One staff are already well finished and you know on their winter breaks by that point. Yeah. Uh, which means their winter break is then going to be from uh, just before Christmas to the middle of January. It's a very short break because obviously mm-hmm. you know cars get ready for for launch in February. We've just seen them. Mm. Yeah, and um, of course it's a, it was a week earlier this year, and we saw how well that went for Williams. Exactly. Yeah, it didn't work very well for Williams at all. We think that Williams might be in. In, in, in complete dire straits, we're not in, entirely sure, but there are many rumours flying around, and, and you know that's purely because the season was a week earlier this year and finishes two weeks later. Um, what strain that's going to put on anyone else for the beginning of the 2020 season if they keep expanding, I just, I just don't know. It can't be a 52-week-a-year sport. It just can't be, you know... Or or a forty eight week with a with a, a break over Christmas. It's too much. Well, um, to throw in the the first drive to survive quote of the night. One thing that Christian Horner said: Christmas is an inconvenience to us. Yeah, because that's the when their peak 
putting the car together. It becomes surely as well a problem for particularly the midfield teams when you reach that point of the season where you have to decide, are we starting work on next year's car or are we developing this year's car? If there's even less time at the end of the year, you could have someone do really well one year and completely tail off the next year because they just haven't got time. Yeah. Yeah, well, Mercedes said, didn't they, that the drawings for the W10 initial drawings started right at the end of the 2017 season. Mm-hmm. So it's if if that's what they were doing, that you know, at the end of the 2017 season, at the back end of the 2019 season, they should be looking at you know the very first drawings for their 2021 car. Mm. Depending on what the regulations are, they might mm-hmm. not, they might change or not. We don't, we don't know yet. <laughs> when twenty twenty one happens in twenty twenty three, yeah, yes, <laughs> and uh, you know, Concord Agreement, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But the um, but the, the the maths is still the same. And if we get to twenty twenty one and there is twenty five races, then yeah, that car won't have had enough time to won't have had as much time to be ready, and that means that the teams are going to have to throw more money in. And again, all that's going to do is promote the teams who've already got the money, the Mercedes, the Ferrari, you know, the, the works team, Renault, that they are going to be the ones who will be able to throw the money into the project. The Garagistas, the, you know, your Racing Point, your McLaren, Williams, to a lesser extent, Haas, they are going to struggle an awful lot. Mm. Well, I think the um, <coughs> the development... So the development cycle, that, that's a new thing for Haas because, and again, I'm going, I'm going back to their NASCAR background, but the cars in NASCAR only change once every four years. Yeah. You know, you can, you can run last year's car. We'll just build a new chassis because nothing's changed. Mm. Yeah, just make minor improvements. Yeah. Or, you know. But now, they're, now they've been sort of landed in a world where, oh shit, we've got to have something new every single year. Well, the thing is, it has, and I don't know because no, I don't, it's pronounced Haas. No, <laughs> uh, I don't know because I haven't followed NASCAR in uh, thirty-five years. Um, has Formula One knowledge helped with Haas's NASCAR project? Because you expect the knowledge to flow back the other way, and things that they've learnt with Formula One, they they might be able to transpose onto their. Uh, or, or transcribe even onto their NASCAR. I uh, I have to admit I don't know. I've watched a couple of races this season, and I've not seen a Haas winning. Okay. Or looking remotely close to a win, Let's but see. I've not seen one on fire. No, but their Formula One cars look pretty handy so far this year. True. See how they are when when they actually you know on track for 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 racing this this coming weekend. We get to preview a race in a bit as well. We do yes. in a bit. Yes. A um, couple of other things that have sort of cropped up since the last podcast. Um, I mean, it's been it's been all over and everywhere this week, apart from on the official Williams site. But the whole Paddy Lowe situation. Yes. Oh, I forgot about the Paddy yes. Lowe situation. Yeah. I mean, no one seems to no one seems to know what the facts are behind it. Williams haven't put anything out. BBC were announcing that Paddy Lowe had left the team. Like, they were making out as though Paddy Lowe was gone and not returning. I think that that was just a clickbaity headline because you went further into the article and it's a leave of absence for personal reasons. Well, yeah, but then they they carried on saying, you know, know, I've got to be honest, BBC's Formula One coverage has gone awful since they lost the TV rights. Yeah. 
Uh, and it's now gone even further downhill now that they've got the rights to show the Formula E on the red button. Um, it's just become... They seem to be amalgamating their Formula 1 and Formula E coverage. I don't know if that's an attempt to get the very few Formula 1 watchers, listeners who still BBC-centric to, to, to go over to Formula E. I have no idea. But the BBC's coverage, uh, even online, you know, their, their, their articles are, are quite poor. Just as to be said, while we're on the subject of BBC and Formula E, um, I watched the Formula E race yesterday. Yep. BBC coverage. Yep. Um, that was great. That is better than any other channel's done it. Yeah. Good. It won. It was in good, like, HD. Good. Well, BBC... Which is a massive advance. Yeah. yeah. But BBC were good at doing Formula One. It's yeah. just that they, 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 again, Formula One were charging them too much money to broadcast it all the time. So they had to get Sky to help them out. And then Sky was just like, thank you for this contract. We'll take it on now. This mm. is ours. Mm. Um, but going back to uh, going back to Williams, how, how fucked are they? I, I think we'll find out quite a lot this weekend. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with Sean on that one. I think... Uh... I mean, they might come out and surprise us all by, I don't know, qualifying 15th and 16th. You shouldn't be saying that about. I've seen some people. About Williams being a, a good surprise when they're that low down. No, I've seen some. No, we should, really, really shouldn't be. I've seen some uh, listeners claiming that you know that's it, they're done, they're not going to make Australia. We've got another man on our hands. Don't think it's quite that bad, but I wouldn't be surprised if mid-season they said, "Well, we, we're not going to make it to this Grand Prix, but we'll be back at the next one." Do you know what I mean? They start picking and choosing which ones they go to. Yeah. You reckon? Yeah. Well, they, George Russell has <coughs> ooh, voice going. George Russell has tweeted a picture of himself on an aeroplane, so he is definitely there. What in Australia? Yes, it was his him taking off. Now the thing is, the drivers were in Spain. Yes, the car this was is true. not. This the is car true. was in Oxford. Haven't seen any pictures of the car, but one of the drivers is definitely. Well, I, th I, think that, I think they have to be in Spain for contractual reasons because there's the big up uh, in Spain, in Australia, for mm. the uh, opening ceremony yes. on Wednesday. Is that televised? I don't understand it's what it is. It's the sky. It's, um, is it like a, like a long driver parade? Who the fuck knows? I have no idea. This is something new that they're bringing in this year. And it's something like 5.30am UK Five, time. 5.50 rings a bell, but uh, I may be wrong. It's, ra it's round about 5-ish. It's about tea time in Melbourne. Yes. Um, breakfast here ridiculously early breakfast time over here and the US is four hours behind so it's oh do I really want to yeah, stay up to watch this on night. a Wednesday night yeah probably not <laughs> and much easier to watch if you're in Los Angeles yes because it'll just be early evening yes so I've got I've got no clues um, I'll be watching it just not live yeah it'd be worth a look to see what on earth it is Sky, of course, being Sky, are repeating it every two hours between the early, sort of early Wednesday morning. Would, would, would and it be Thursday morning night? for for LA? Eight, uh, seven well, seven hours yes, behind. It it'd be about be... half ten, at half ten the night before. Oh right, okay, fair enough. Um, but ah, <laughs> ah, the uh, laptop, computer, laptop <laughs> issues again. Yes, I know the antivirus has run out. Are we still recording? We are still Wait, recording. It's it's still, I just thought it was going. worth highlighting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we're gonna we're gonna learn a lot about Williams come uh, 
FP1. The important thing is, have they built a good car? Uh, last year's car was not a good car. And we were talking with Craig Scarborough last week as to whether or not that was, um, you know, it was that already woven into the fabric of Williams that the way they do things, they're now just not going to produce a race-winning car until they chain, make changes. And they can't make changes without the funding. And they they can't, you know, they can't get the funding in. They're being sponsored this year. No, obviously the Martini sponsorship has buggered off. And they've lost JCB as well. They've lost JCB. And also the um, Rocket... I, d- I don't trust this Rocket Mobile sponsorship. I just don't. They, Where else have we seen that? We've seen that somewhere else. The Snooker Six Ball Seniors Tour. Yes, that was it. I knew it was somewhere a bit shit, but... <laughs> like, yeah. like we were saying about Rich Energy. Rich Energy is starting to appear in places now. Yeah. I also want to say thank you to Stephen Faber for saying he'd going to pick up some some cans of burn for me when he was in the shop the other day. But I'm I'm actually I've rethought that. I'm okay. I like sleep. <laughs> sleep is okay. <laughs> he also did find another one called Plan B, which what like the rapper uh, uh, singer? N- no, that's Plan B. Plan B. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a, it was an energy drink called Plan B. So God knows what Plan A would have been. Did we not find an energy drink called Brexit a while back? Yes. Yes, uh, there yes is. we did. Yeah. Yes. I thought this rings a bell. Yeah, it was badly formulated and left a nasty taste in the mouth. Anyway, hey. moving on. <laughs> yeah, we're going to we're gonna find a lot out about Williams come um, Friday morning. It'll be interesting to see if they've actually got enough spares to get through the weekend, because that was one thing that hindered them in the test, whether yeah, they, or not they can actually do full th- uh, like three full practice sessions. Yeah, they, they, couldn't, they couldn't do four days of testing with one car mm. with the amount of spares that they didn't have. And, of course, Melbourne is quite a bit further away from their headquarters than uh, Barcelona. And there's a cat about to destroy half the living room. And he's got stuck in a chair as well. He'll fine. figure it out. He will figure it out. I, I love this recording in different locations with different cats being annoying. Um, what well, what else was I gonna gonna say? Um, yeah, the other, the other thing, of course, um, we men- mentioned it once, but uh, Drive to Survive came out on uh, on Friday. Yes, yeah. We had a bit of a binge watch, didn't we, Sean? I think we did. Yeah, did we do seven or eight episodes was... first night and then finished the last few the yeah, following day? Yeah, I think day. it was eight, eight on Friday and two on Saturday morning. Um, if you haven't seen it, like me, on, and it's on Netflix, go watch it. If you haven't seen it and you don't have Netflix, you can get a 30-day free trial if you've never had an account before. Get it just for that. It was a fantastic series. I'm looking forward to watching it. Um, does it detract the fact that Mercedes and Ferrari didn't take part? I don't think it did. I think no. it was actually interesting to hear from some other people for once. Yeah, I mean, the um, the, four, the 14 drivers that they dealt with... <laughs> yes. Um... You know, you, you didn't miss the fact that Mercedes, Ferrari, Sorokin and Hartley didn't take yeah, part. Sorokin and Hartley, I don't think it was that they didn't take part. It was just that they were that uninteresting. They didn't make the cut. Which is it's fair it's, enough, yeah. I suppose. I think all yeah. all you saw Brendan Hartley was either him crashing or a very blurry shot in the background of him holding a shotgun. <laughs> At a shooting day. It okay. was, it was a, an event. He wasn't uh-huh. just randomly holding up the... I was going to say, is that how he got a seat? <laughs> no, that was because of his experience in endurance racing. Got it, got it. But yeah, um, that that is one series that you can actually sit down and if you've got the time, watch all ten episodes in one day. Wow, okay. It, I don't it, have the time. It is that good. <laughs> try and watch some before the week before the race this weekend because I'll try. Is it? There's a, they're going to do a film a second season, aren't they? This this 
season in Formula One. Yes. Yeah. Um, they're trying. To, I know they're trying to get Mercedes and Ferrari to join in with this one. Yeah. And to be honest, if they don't, I'm not bothered. Yeah. Fair enough. You want you you don't you don't lose anything by them not being in the garage with them. I suppose it could be. Uh, you know. <sighs> It's about the the eight teams that aren't those two, but it could be about one team and still be a fascinating watch. You Mo- know. Most episodes focused on one team or one particular battle between two teams or, yeah. or something like that. So and they had I think there was one driver where it was the focus on the rivalry between Sainz and Alonso. Mm. I think there was one where they looked at Haas versus Renault. So they had like a couple of. Focused on a yeah, couple so of specific drivers for each this episode. This is the thing. And one very major Renault versus Red Bull. Yes, <laughs> which, was, which was great entertainment. I've heard, but I haven't seen, as I say. Yeah, we, we thought what um, what got reported over the uh, over the course of last season was bad between Red Bull and Renault, or mainly Christian Horner and Cyril the Beatable. Nothing compared to the behind-the-scenes stuff that they showed in this. Okay. You know, the... Um, Cyril Abitable saying to Christian Horner, well, now you're lacking an engine and a driver, just after Danny Rick had signed. It is It got to to that level. (laughs) And Gunter Steiner should have his own series. He's hilarious. He could have ten episodes all to himself. (laughs) Gunter Steiner, who doesn't sound like an Italian name, but actually is. What what was his comment after the, the double pit stop shenanigans in Australia? Like, yesterday we looked like rock stars and now we look like wankers. Brilliant. <laughs> and that was when he was on the phone to his boss. Yes, yeah. that was, yes, the call to, to Mr. Hass. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Grosjean didn't come out of things particularly well. No, <laughs> he does not. There was a lot of cheering every time he crashed. In the Hass garage? Oh, no, other teams' No, in other, in other garages. Really? Yeah. And there was one bit where, was it a couple of McLaren mechanics betting on whether or not he makes the first corner yep and he, i think he well, made... they've got their own pasta disaster yes, yeah. apparently so but they use roman Grosjean. Which yes we, we think we should bring it back yeah we've hypothesized a couple of names i don't think we've settled on one yet but so we, we need we need a name for the roman Grosjean. roman Grosjean. rolling rolling roman we, we were thinking of some kind of like cooking chef pun about Burnt in the kitchen. Or I think your best one was Grosjean's kitchen or... nightmare. Yes, Grosjean's some, kitchen nightmare. Some kind of food-based <laughs> pun. Yeah, Chef Roman. Mm. <laughs> so if you've got you've yeah, got any, yeah, if you've got any ideas, to contribute. We will we will do our predictions for. Um, at the moment, it's going to be called "Where's Where and When's Grosjean Going to Bin It." <laughs> I'm going to say this week, oh. but send us your predictions as well. To uh, at three legs four wheels on Twitter, but if you can think of a better name, let us know. Yeah, yes. and we'll stick with the best one all season. The pasta disaster predictor for any new listeners or or you know recent listeners who who were not around when Pastor Maldonado was a Formula One driver. Driver in air quotes. Yeah. Yes. But the um the game was basically you you tried to guess when Pastor Maldonado would bin it. The joke and it was, always was a when, wasn't it, really? Yeah. The, the joke was always lap one, turn one. However, it did prove to be the most popular and correct answer. Um, with I, I'll, I'll go first with this one on the Grosjean predictor, oh. whatever it's going to be called. I'll say lap five, turn three. Interesting. Just I'm just sort of going, right, going around the circuit. So turn one, turn two. Turn three. The Alonso Brundle turn. Yeah, turn mm. three is right at the end of the DRS. Yes, turn it is. Yeah. Lap and five, turn three. Because Grosjean is such a good breaker. <laughs> if, he do, if he makes it that far, that is. 
Uh, Sean, you're going to uh, have a What go? did you say? Sorry, I know you said turn three. I didn't. I said, turn three is right at the end of the first DRS zone. You didn't offer a lap, did you? No, but I was just saying that's how ah, fast that, okay. that particular um, bit is. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't I considered see. it yet. I see. Um, what am I going to go for? I am going to go for a controversial on the straight. Wow. Cocking up some kind of overtake on the... On the, the pitch, back straight. On the actual um, pit straight. Pit straight. Pit straight. End of lap one. Oh, wow. Whoa. I'm going to... Yeah. Putting it out there. Right. I reckon... Lap 28. Okay. It's like halfway into the race. That's pit stop. That's pit stop. Oh, That's what he's going for. <laughs> oh, not history, again. History not again. repeating itself. Yeah. <laughs> lap 28, and I'm going to go for turn five. Out of the pits, cold tyres, oops. Okay. So, yeah, just, just for a bit of fun, send, send us your predictions. We'll see who, uh, we'll see who gets closest. And um, blaming the new tyres, that will be, won't it? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Or Ericsson. Or why not blame Ericsson? <laughs> it was Ericsson. He's in America, but he still did it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Talking of Ericsson, if anyone knows how how he retired during the IndyCar race yesterday, can you let us know? Because the coverage kind of went off. Because at one at one point it was ninth, and then the TV feed broke down, and then the next minute we saw him being interviewed in the pit lane. But then the TV feed broke down again very quickly, so we didn't really find out why he was being interviewed. Mm. But, and we're here with Marcus Eriks. No, we're not. Mm. <coughs> um, all right, I suppose. Probably time to preview a race. We can preview a race. Well, we haven't done it for a while. I think it's, it's about time we reintroduce that feature where we do a race preview. Especially when there's a race to preview. Exactly. Yes. Um, yeah, first, first race of the season. It's going into the great unknown. Um, well, it is, but I mean, let's be honest, it's Australia first, which it should be, yeah. has been for 20 years now. Except that year it wasn't. Yeah, which was <laughs> Bahrain, but that... That, that was because yeah. of the Commonwealth Games, the, the promoters yeah. actually asked for it to be delayed. Yeah. The, the, Did uh, it stop Bernie charging Bahrain more? Yeah, because that was the season that started and finished in the desert, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I don't think it was because of the Commonwealth Games. I think the Commonwealth Games was 2006, wasn't it? And it was definitely later than that. It was 2010 when they did the Bahrain as the first race. And that would be the that would not be the Melbourne Commonwealth Games. Anyway, I'm not sure now. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was possibly more to do with money. Could have been actually. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, Australia used to be the last race of the season. It's now the first race of the season. We like that. That works well. Um, ever since they moved to uh, Albert Park in Melbourne. Um, it's a difficult track to set up properly for, which, you know, was, as Craig Scarborough was saying on last week's podcast, it favours Ferrari more than it favours Mercedes. Um, just in the, you know, it, it, historically, whether Mercedes have got, you know, a better all-rounder, again, we'll know more. It was like we were saying about Williams before. We'll know more about everyone after Friday, really. By the time the rest of the world, and I mean the UK, wakes <laughs> up on Friday, we'll we'll, we'll know what what happened, what's been happening, where things kind of stand, and who's got a lot of work to do. Um, but in respect of knowing anything, yeah, you're right. We are going into the great unknown. I mean, last year, um, 
tough, tough one to. Um, it was a tough one to predict. I mean, everyone thought that uh, Mercedes were going to walk it. Hamilton qualified on pole. Mm-hmm. Vettel won it. Yeah. If I recall, Bottas qualified in a wall. Yeah, I think so. Um, no, I think he was facing the wrong way on <laughs> turn two with the back end of his car missing and pissing out fuel yes. and uh, yeah. various fluids. So... Start as you mean to go on, Valtteri. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't crash an awful lot, did he? He just had some awful luck. Um, but that, that that's last season. I hope that bearded Valtteri is like Hamilton's nemesis now, and and that that the that he really pushes forward and can. I, I want to see him taking the fight. You know, we don't know where the Mercedes is going to be. We don't know if they're the second fastest, the fastest, whether they're not there. You know, they could be miles behind. Who knows? Yeah, I meant the start of last season, they were definitely the second fastest car. Mm. Well, even if they are this season, yeah, it doesn't bode too poorly for them means nothing because they they can rescue a situation because let's face it that's what they're good at yeah they, they, they're really good at developing over this over the course of a season but i want to see valtteri there or thereabouts you know what i mean i don't want to see him we get to like three quarters way through the season it's like valtteri it's james yeah <laughs> we don't want that i don't think mercedes want that because they actually put an appeal out on twitter for people to stop using that joke <laughs> <laughs> no seriously they did blue oh, ticket account and everything they did yeah 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 absolutely uh, to which everybody responded, Valtteri, it's James. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's the thing. Asking people to stop just makes it worse. I think even Lando Norris used that joke. <laughs> but as we know, he's good with social media. Very, very good. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 a hard circuit to, um, it's a hard circuit to set up for just because it's, it's not one that flows all the way around. There's tight corners, there's long corners, there's fast straights. Mm. It's a good all-round circuit. Yeah. but Just to prove that a, a good all-round circuit can be designed by people other than Herman Tilke. Yeah. Mm. But the... Uh, like the new one in Finland. Yeah. The new the new drivers, <coughs> I'm going to be really interested to see how they get on with. Obviously, Robert Kubica will class him as a new driver. He's He has raced in Australia before uh, a number of times. Um he kind of will know what to expect, but I'm I, I'm interested in the young uns, Alexander Alban. Uh, nearly called him Doctor Allbrand. Um, <laughs> Alexander Alban, uh, George Russell. Talking of which, I found out this week that Doctor Allban is actually a qualified dentist. No, oh. and he's legally allowed to call himself Doctor Allban in Holland. Yeah, because oh, he was Dutch, wasn't he, Doctor yeah. Allban? I think he still might be. It's my life. <laughs> No more than that, we don't want to pay royalties. No, we don't. <laughs> yeah. I've completely thrown you off, uh, yeah, off you kilter have. now. I want to know how the new guys get on. George Russell, um, even though I think he might be in the worst car we've seen in years. Um, Lando Norris in that McLaren, um, just as long as they're you know, fairly comparable with their, with their teammates. Because this is not a circuit that the young lads get to race on, is it? No, that's that's the thing. I mean, um, you know, in the lower formulas, the lower they're... formulas don't go there because the um, the support races are all local ones rather than international competition. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been. Uh, I remember during testing, um, I think it might have been Will Buxton that said it would be great to have an F two and a F three race at Albert Park because it's an ideal circuit for those cars as well. But it's just the expense and the logistics of. Shipping the cars out there. Yeah, we're and still it, at the time of year as well where they're all sorting out their contracts. Like, yeah, I, I mean they've, they've had a, field yet. 
They've had the uh, they've had the initial testing sessions in F two and F three. Yeah, bearing in mind they're the same chassis, aren't they? So yeah, but the um, the drivers that were actually driving during testing might not be the ones that take mm-hmm. it out during the race, or they might be driving for a different team come the start of the season. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be new, all new for some drivers outside of a simulator. I guess it means we'll get to find out how, how accurate Lando Nor- Lando Norris's many simulator setups <laughs> are. Well. Yeah, I mean, I know he enjoys his gaming, but I mean, the, the it's, it's, it's eye racing. It's simulator, ra- simulated racing, not yeah. gaming. There's a difference. Yeah, but it's we will we will see how much that really helps or hinders. You know, the top level at the top level, the mm. top of the toppest of the top levels. <laughs> Obviously, it helps you in the junior formula. You get used to certain things, but this is Formula One, and you know. Simulators are simulators. People do a lot of work in simulators, but how many drivers learned having a simulator at home? Do you know what I mean? Mm. So that's, yeah. There is a a moment during uh, the Netflix series where Pierre Gasly is practicing, was it Singapore? Yeah. On a sim, it's not even a simulator, it's in a, a, a race seat on a PlayStation. Right. But it was just after it had been announced that he was going to Red Bull and he was like, oh, do I pick the Red Bull? Do I not pick the Red Bull? And he did go for the Red Bull. And crashed it. Don't recall, actually. I don't think he did, but he um, he does play the F1 game in his socks. Yes. Did you uh, see that uh, in, in a sponsor's press conference today that Christian Horner... Um, was talking about how hard that the Red Bull team had worked, you know, building the car ready for Australia, and then turned around and said to Pierre Gasly, "Obviously, Pierre made his side of the garage work twice as hard." <laughs> Put the new boy under pressure already. Why not? I think he was just having a little joke, but uh, better hope Gasly takes it that way. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've got to, haven't you? You know. Yeah. Could could. Um... Could this be another year where um, Max Verstappen falls out with a teammate? Maybe, but I, th- I think it's more likely that Gasly will fall out with Verstappen than Verstappen will fall out with Gasly. But the I, when I'm talking about the new boys before as well, sort of seeing how they get on, let's not forget there's an awful lot of changes happening in the driver market this year that, I, that I'm really interested to see. I want to see how Danny Rick gets on at Renault. Mm. Really interested to see how um, Carlos Sainz gets on at McLaren as well as Lando Norris. Kimi in the Alpha. How good is that Alpha? We think it might be really good, but we don't know. Um, it would be quite funny, wouldn't it, if Kimi pulls up alongside Charles Leclerc for a pass at some <laughs> point? Or Sebastian Vettel. I imagine Kimi would quite enjoy passing either of them, really. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, <it> was okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, are we going to see Sauber as regular Q3 participants? Um, they were pretty regular in Q3 and, last year. I mean, well, they? but there's a chance we could get both cars in there this yeah. time. Giovinazzi as a well. A lot more regularly, because yeah. I think I think Giovinazzi... Sorry, Giovinazzi. 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 Yeah. Unlike Sky He's Sports... He's done two races already, or one yes. and a bit races. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean... Unlike, uh, what was it, Mike Wedderburn from Sky Sports News, who called him... I was think it, it came as a surprise, and I think it's one of those G- names that's. Giovinizzi. I think Giovinizzi. it snuck up yeah. on him when he wasn't He's, expecting He managed it. to get no part of his name right. Uh, the Vin bit, maybe. No, it's Van, is it? Yeah. Giovinazzi. Oh, no, Giovinazzi. <laughs> so, yeah, no, Giovinazzi. Yeah. 
Uh, it was it was just funny to watch him struggling with it because in, in the space of three news bulletins, he pronounced it three different ways, and none of them were either the same or right. Yeah, Giovinazzi. That's, <laughs> that's how, uh, after the debate last year, that's how Antonio Giovinazzi said that that's how you pronounce my name. Yes. But, of course, he does have experience of racing in Australia because he did uh, fill in for Verline. Yeah, he a did. Couple, couple and did quite ago. well. And, uh, yeah, wasn't wasn't too bad. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of people with a lot to prove, and it's so easy to overprove yourself early on. Do you know what I mean? And get it wrong. Yeah. Trying too hard is something that drivers have done before. Early season, yeah. early doors, first first race, first qualifying session. Don't we just talk about Bottas? Yeah. You know, you're gonna have a little bit of winter rust still. You know, you're not in full race trim yet, and the cars are still. Nobody really knows the cars, not even the engineers who built the cars. They, they, they know how they go together, they know how they work, but they don't know how they behave under race conditions. So that's going to be something to look out for mm. across the whole grid. But yeah, the, the added personalities of the driver lineup changes and everything else. Lance Stroll as well on the racing point. Hmm. A lot of pressure on him. Can, I tell, can I tell them I'm officially moving yet? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that, that was another line from Drive to Survive. Oh, was it? Yeah. They were, doing, um, they were doing headshots of all the drivers that were changing teams, or, or the new drivers. And there's Lance Stroll sat there in his Williams gear. And like, I'm Lance Stroll. I'll be driving for racing. Am I allowed to say I'm moving yet? <laughs> <laughs> when was that recorded? Obviously, before it was announced officially. Mm. It was yeah, quite late everybody. on, wasn't it? I mean, they, they present it in the series like it was everyone knew around about the Mexican Grand Prix, which I think really we did. But they were presenting it as fact, but it was after the end of the season, wasn't it? When yeah. they officially put the release out. Uh, everybody knew, though. It was the worst oh, kept we, secret ever, wasn't yes. it? Yeah, we still don't know officially if Racing Point are a team yet. I don't, th- <laughs> I don't think they're bothered to confirm that. They've just assumed that we all know it. They're, they're a concept. They've changed their name on, on Twitter and stuff now. Um, yeah, it, 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 took them, it took them until two yeah, weeks ago they, to change the website. web domain. Alfa Romeo Racing is still using the handle at, at Sauber F1 team. Mm. Which, in a way... It's an, F1 not t- it's an F1 team that's run, by, run Sauber. by Sauber. So, yeah, you can understand that. Yeah, you can understand Sauber maybe retaining the rights to the, to the Twitter handle. But... Mm. Yeah, still not released any decent merch yet. Come on, Alpha, get on it. <laughs> you just want the Kimmy car wrap, don't you? I want the, well, no, I'm not interested in the livery. I don't think the livery's that that exciting, to be honest with you. It's no, okay. No, you just want to plaster your Alfa Romeo with number sevens everywhere. Mm, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't mind an Alfa Romeo jacket or a hoodie or something. That'd be quite nice. Maybe, maybe the merch will turn up once, once we get into Europe. Ferrari aren't taking any merch with them to the whole Grand Prix because they have only got Mission win now stuff, mm. which they're not allowed to, to use, use in Australia. In Australia. Mm. So what, they're going to be playing red jackets with Ferrari logos? They're going to be wearing last year's team gear and they're not going to have anything on, anything on sale? Wow. Are Santander still a sponsor? Or uh, were they? I can't remember. I don't know, I don't know, if, they're, don't know if they're still with them or not. They might be. But, um, yeah, I read, I read uh, yesterday that uh, anyone going to Melbourne and wanting to buy some Ferrari, Ferrari team gear, you are out of luck. Oh, dear. So, um, yeah, we might not see all that many Ferrari full kit wankers this weekend. No. Oh, I'm sure there'll still be some. Um, should we do some predictions? Oh. I know it's th- these, this is the hardest one to uh, predict 
six days before the race. Yeah. Now you've but, got two in the bank already. I have, I have three in the bank because this year for the uh, predictions, we're going to have a guest predictor every week. Yeah, so if you want to be our guest predictor, should they get in touch or are you going to pick them? We, we will pick because sometimes when we've got a guest, an actual guest on the show... Um, we'll get them to make a prediction. So do these, do these people, if they want to become a guest predictor or have a chance of it, at least have to predict using our official predictor on the Three Legs, Four Wheels website? Oh, no, that's, that's a separate competition. Okay. That is a separate competition. But we, we will, when, weeks when we haven't got a guest on, we will, we will pick, with good reason, somebody to uh, do the predictions, and you'll see why I say with good reason this time, because this week's guest predictor is Formula Lee 2018 season winner Bradley Chambers. Oh, Bradley Chambers. Hello, yes. sir. And Bradley is going for a Hamilton win, Vettel second, Leclerc third, with an extra prediction of Gunter Steiner, Ferning Jean Haas being rock stars. <laughs> yes, very good. <laughs> I like that. That's nice. Surely you can't say that now because this is a rival energy drink. <laughs> oh, very good. Yes, oh, that's a good, good point. Good point. point. Yeah, you'd have to say we're being rich. We're being, yeah, rich, we're being stars. rich stars. Yeah. Uh, right. I also have. Um, direct from very, a variety of sick beds. Direct from hospital. Yes. Um, Lee's top three. Nine, <laughs> ten, and twelve. <laughs> and then when I explain to him, no, I want your top three predictions, you know, like you do every race. Oh, is that what you mean? Yeah. So The drugs are working. The drugs then. are working. Yeah. Uh, Lee is going for Hamilton, Verstappen, and Bottas. Oh, that's surprisingly oh, so safe for him. No, oh, so he's going. Uh, he's going for for Ferrari crumbling in Australia. That's an interesting one. And I also have Dan's. Okay, that he sent through. Uh, he is going. He says it's almost impossible to predict Australia this year. Which yeah, I'm going to agree with mm-hmm. him. Definitely Every year, year. Every, year. This, Every year. year, this year particularly, it's more, yeah. it's more impossible. Uh, he's going for a Vettel win, Leclerc second, Hamilton third, Kimmy to get fastest lap. Oh. That would be good. I didn't think about fastest lap prediction. We don't we don't usually we don't bother. We don't yeah. usually bother with these. Well it's not it's a bigger thing this year. I can see why mm. Dan has maybe considered that aspect. So what about the three of us in the room then? Because Dan's prediction is awfully close to mine. Dan's prediction is also awfully close to mine, which could mean ours is the same. I was gonna so. go a Leclerc win. Ah, okay, I was not. Uh, I was going to go for um, a Vettel win, a Hamilton second, and a Leclerc third. A Vettel win, Hamilton second, Leclerc third? Yes. Okay. Leclerc Chris? win. Yeah. Vettel second, Hamilton third. It's a popular trio for the podium, that. Mm, I am going to go for... Don't a, sit back. I'm not going to sit back because there was all of a sudden a cat <laughs> materialised behind me. I'm going to go for a... Hamilton win, uh, Vettel second, and Verstappen third. Okay, that would be that would be good for 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 Honda if they can get a podium at the first race with Red Bull. Yeah, I think they've got a damn good chance because that Honda engine is far superior to anything that we've seen. Don't forget, they wanted to make changes to it though. They have been in Japan this week, uh, Verstappen and Gasly doing PR stuff, but. Generally, there's been a Red Bull contingent at Honda. Yeah. Don't forget that Honda want to make changes to the power unit because they thought they might have gone a bit too aggressive in testing. Whether they looked at the power units after a mileage and thought, oh, there's too much wear on that engine. You know, we're going to have to be careful with this. Uh, I'm not entirely sure, but, it, you know, I'm just... 
I'm tentative about Red Bull. Um, I think Ferrari looks strong and they might have the best car for the first couple of races, mm-hmm. put it that way. I think Paul, mm-hmm. I, I, Keep talking, I'm going to have yeah. to rescue my turntable from under a cat. That's fine. <laughs> but yeah, th- this time last year, we were all very excited about Toro Rosso because they'd had this brilliant testing with the Honda engine and then... I think, was Gasly the first retirement of the season? I think he might have been. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> there were a lot of Toro Rosso retirements. This yeah. is why I'm not massively, you know... A lot of those were Hartley's car just sort of bursting into fragments. I mean, yeah. he did have some good crashes, to be fair to him. It's like, it's like you said on Friday, he never crashes subtly. Yeah, never just like clips the front wing on a corner. Always full car wreck. Yeah. What do we reckon for hero and villain? Ooh... I mean, we've already kind of suggested Grosjean. I think maybe we should pick on someone else. Um, for Hero, I'm going to go Robert Kubica. For being there. Just, yeah. just, just by dint of being there. As I said, this is where the, this is where the movie stops. Yeah. yeah, visor down as the first red light comes on above the, uh, above the grid. Yeah. Um, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm going Hero for actually getting as far as the comeback. Villain, Ooh, God, it's a hard one. Hard one to say if you can't have Grosjean. <laughs> um, For me, it's going to be. I think, and I'm happy to be proven wrong. I'm, I think it's going to be the Williams team. <laughs> I'm inclined to agree with you. So your hero and villain are the same, or for different reasons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to say my hero. It's going to be Lando Norris. Oh, I was going to go for Lando Norris. Because we had Lando Norris on this podcast a little over a year ago. Yeah. And he was uh, just hoping to uh, secure his Formula 2 drive with Carlin, which he did. That was almost assured by that point. And now he's in Formula 1 with McLaren, who we hope are are improved this year. Mm. Um, So for me, Lando Norris is going to be here. And I think... The villain is going to be not necessarily the Williams team because there's a lot of people who work hard in that team. The Williams management, ownership, and hierarchy. Yeah, that is a very good call. Can we also have George Russell as another hero? Because this time last year, just about, he was on the show, um, just having signed for ART yeah. in F2. And then went to become champion of Formula 2. Won F2 and is now on the Formula 1 grid. Yeah. I think for my hero, I will also go for Lando Norris for the reason that I think he will beat Signs. Ooh. Um, and for villain, I'm going to go for another classic, uh, Kvyat. Oh, yes. Oh, I forgot, we I forgot, forgot he's exists. I forgot that Danny Kvyat is a thing now. I, oh, the torpedo. I, I'm going to suggest he will be back quite literally with a bang. Does oh, Kvyat and Grosjean. Uh, it's going to be awesome. Oh, let's go. <laughs> does this mean we Who have to... will get the race ban first? Does this mean the title of next week's show is going to have to be called Damn the Torpedoes? <laughs> Possibly <laughs> Depending on what happens on Sunday You heard it here first Had we all forgotten that he was a thing Yes, yes. Him? yes. <laughs> I mean, The thing is we've been talking about Toro Rosso Ale- Alexander Alban's been mentioned several times and We're nearly an hour into the podcast here And we've not Sorry, even, We've not even predicted who <laughs> Kvyat's going to bin it into yeah, absolutely. Bloody There's hell. so much to look forward to for this Formula One season. I, I, can't, I can't wait. Kvyat's return from Ferrari, where he's been replaced by Brendan Hartley. And Verline. <laughs> and, and Pascal and Verline. They've, they've just signed everyone, haven't yeah. they? They've had a bit of a binge. 
practically. They did it with yeah, Kobayashi, didn't they? When Kobayashi yeah. didn't find a seat. Oh, to come to Ferrari. They're signing sim, sim drivers like MotoGP are signing new races up. Yeah, they, they've been busy. <laughs> Indonesia as well. Yeah, street, yeah. Uh, street circuit was... was uh, no, I think they've got a circuit circuit there. Oh, right. And, of course, they announced that Qatar is staying on the calendar until... 2030 it? rings a bell. See, that's one, right? The, mm. the Qatar, okay, there's nothing around that race circuit, is no. there, at it's all? Desert. No, including, um, including grandstands. There were 15,000 spectators. Yeah. But they have to... It's that open and it's that exposed. They have to sweep the track every day because the sand just blows in overnight. So it sounds like a ripe, Bernie-picking Formula One territory, that. Iffy human rights uh, reputation, lots of money behind them. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if people can't get to the circuit. There was also, as well, Bring last year, the World Superbike Championship. Their round at um, La Salle was abandoned because they had like a year's worth of rain in one day, and it happened to be the one day <laughs> that they were meant to be there. Ah, for a year's worth of rain is like when someone sneezes, right? Yeah. Yeah, but no, it but was there's no drainage. Flo- that's the thing. They, they don't, don't expect, bother because they, they don't need it. to have drainage. Unlike Silverstone, which was meant to have drainage and... Didn't. Didn't. Yeah. Apparently that has been re-resurfaced for this that year. That was uh, MotoGP, I believe, yes. uh, demanded that because they only announced their calendar like to the day after it was confirmed that that resurfacing was happening. But wasn't it MotoGP that demanded it was resurfaced in the first place? Yes, and then they didn't like it. <laughs> because there was, there was lots of bad weather and a very bad leg injury. Well, and, stop using that yeah. left-handed tarmac. <laughs> <laughs> so, the Australian Grand Prix... First practice is Thursday night, Friday morning, UK time. Qualifying is ridiculously early in the morning on Saturday. I will be doing the live blog for that. Mm-hmm. The race on Sunday, I'll be here for the live blog. Yep, I'm planning on being here. Uh, Dan said he was going to try and make it as well. Sean, you, uh, you will I'll be, be here you, anyway, will be here anyway I, as well. <laughs> Things are very fluid with me at the moment, but I'm planning on being here for, 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 uh, for the that, live That was at least three bands ago. Uh, yeah, it was uh, 15 <laughs> years ago now. Yeah, God, is it that long? We've got new music out on Friday, though, Paul. Really? Yeah. How do we find that? You can go on onto Spotify, or you can go onto Apple Music or iTunes. And if you search my name, Chris Flood, then you will find uh, New Dawn EP. Some places have got it available for pre-save. Uh, five pre- new tracks. Pre-save. Pre-save for you know, or uh, pre-order, mm-hmm. even though it's digital. Um. Five new tracks, 25 minutes worth of new music from yours truly. And if you go onto the Three Legs Four Wheels YouTube channel and go to the uh, playlist of bands we have talked about on the show, you will find that Dead Skin is already on that playlist. Mm, thank you very much, And better, better still, if you, if you sign up to Patreon, you'll hear another track before yes. it's out. Yes. Yes. So if you go to patreon.com slash Three Legs Four Wheels, sign up there for as little as $1 a month, you get an extra show. And this week's extra show closing music is... New Dawn, the track from that the, the EP is named after. Um, it's uh, yeah, roughly five and a half minutes long. Uh, hasn't been heard by by anybody outside of uh, you know a select few. I've put it on the end of the Patreon podcast just to say thanks to the patrons for supporting us over the years. I haven't even listened to the Patreon podcast yet or the track, so uh, I've you're in the for a treat. <laughs> yeah, so I'll be I'll be in for a treat when I uh, when I mix that one. New Dawn very apt, I think, for the, the start of it the new It is as well, season. yeah, yeah mm. New Dawn. It's a shame the Chemical Brothers got in there with um, F1 oh, well, before you did. Off. So <laughs> if, if people want to head over to my Facebook page as well, Chris Flood Music, and give me a like, that would be amazing. And also let me know, if you do listen to it, let me know what you think about it as well. 
I'd love to hear from you. And how do you get hold of you? Uh, either at Flood21 on Twitter or, or you message the Chris Flood Music page on Facebook. Or drop us a line, three legsballwheels at gmail.com, and I will pass anything on. Yes, Or tweet us at three legsballwheels. Hey, we've got all, got all the plugs in. We've still got bit, still got bits of the show left to do. This is this is pretty good. Smooth. Uh, <laughs> might, might as well get the rest of the Twitter addresses in. I am at Pablo One Hundred, uh, and I am at Sean Cowper. Lee is at a total shunt. Uh, Dan is at Dan Dankleton. And talking of a total shunt, oh, is it that time already? It is that time already. Now this is, not... this is a this is this is Sean and me versus Paul essentially, yeah. isn't it? There's, there's only the two of us, so I'm hoping it's quite a. Because um, because nobody sent me one in since last week. This is something you've written this yourself. Is, this is some, this yeah. is something. Let's not what, spend too this long. Does not thinking. This well. is something. What I wrote. <laughs> no, I'm, 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 I'm going easy on you. I'm going easy on you. Um, we will start as you are meant to. I was born. This is the correct way Good. to start. In 1959. Okay. 1959. So someone who is 60 this year. Yes. Checking or something. my maths or something that is 60, 60 this, this year. year. I started my career in European Formula 3. I mean, that seems a reasonable place for most people to start a career, really. Yeah, if you're 60, what sort of, you know, they would have been in their 20s, sort of late 70s, early 80s, maybe Formula yeah. 3. I mean, you get it in the teens as well sometimes, yeah. don't you? The Formula 3. So late 70s, maybe. Yeah. Back in the days when people never used to make it to Formula 1 until they were about 30. Yeah, so we're probably looking at maybe someone who would have been in Formula 1 in so the 80s. In the 80s. I say yeah. this every time. Remember when Jensen Button was too young to make his debut at 20? Yeah, <laughs> now look at the Red Bull team. <laughs> you can't. The ball got to be in bed by half eight. Yeah, good point. <laughs> uh, third clue, and I will need a guess after this one. My first years in F1 were spent at the back of the grid with Arrows and ATS. ATS, the tyre wow. people. Actually, no, it was a German team that just happens to have <laughs> the same say, name I as the tyre people. I don't particularly remember ATS. Really. I don't, I don't remember that team. Really. Uh, Arrows, of course, the yes. legendary team um, for many years in Formula 1. So, a back-dweller from the early to mid-80s. Someone like... Is Gerhard Berger old enough to be 60 this year? He looks it. I don't know if he is, but he's he's one of those he's difficult to place. He could be anywhere from, like, a really hard life at 40 to, <laughs> to like, living his best life at mid-60s. He's a difficult one to... He's somewhere in that spectrum. Yeah, I, I think he was one of the oldest Formula 1 winners when he won the German Grand Prix. I think it was 97 in Benetton. So... I think in in that so he was thirty seven, thirty eight yeah. then, wouldn't he? So that might not be a bad shout, yeah. Gerhard Berger at the moment. So should we go with Gerhard and Berger? If, yeah, if ATS is a German team, having the, the someone from the, Austrian, the yeah. yeah from that neck of the woods, yeah, Sounds Gerhard good. Berger. Don't forget Gerhard Berger is your first guess, okay? Um, Which is available on the menu at a local cafe. <laughs> I'm not joking. Somewhere has a Gerhard Berger. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> um, clue number four. At the end of my first season in F1, my career nearly went off the cliff, as did my car. So it's someone who's a good driver. <laughs> uh, I mean, is this their personal car or their race car? I don't know. No. It was a bit vague, that. Yeah. This could I don't be remember. some kind of off-the-track shenanigan. I don't remember any stories of anyone leave, like, driving off a cliff. <laughs> Literally, in a Formula One car. That would have been... <laughs> I feel like that would have been news. Or 
at least repeated every year. Yeah. Know, at least once. Yeah. On Formula One broadcasting. Like, oh, I remember the time this happened. Yeah, this is the craziest moment ever. Um, okay. So. Next. Next yeah, clue. I so. I also drove in touring cars for BMW and won the 24 hours of Spa. So again, this sounds like someone from the, the Germanic nations if they're driving for BMW. Mm, could be. Uh, someone like... Um, I was trying to think of his name now. The um, There was a German touring car driver who basically won everything that there was to win, <clears throat> excuse me, in the 90s. But he was also, you know, I wouldn't say quite old, but old for a racing driver in the in the nineties. Was it Frank <coughs> Frank Bieler or was he French? I can't remember. Not sure on that one. Okay. <laughs> okay. Clue number six, and I'll need another guess after this one. Okay. I carried on my association with BMW when I moved <laughs> to Enstone. Oh, so I went to Enstone when they were a BMW team. Right. So which which guys of the Enstone team was was BMW ever based there or was was it a BMW powered Enstone no, franchise? I'm just trying to think. I don't think Brabham weren't based out of Enstone, were they? Or were they? I can't remember. <laughs> it's I had know so this. many guys in the Enstone team. I know I should know this, but unfortunately, why do you think I didn't go specific? Yes. <laughs> Yes. I'll say Benetton BMW, perhaps. It sounds like it could be a thing. Benetton were based out of Enston. I can't... Re- going into the 80s, they may have been Benetton. Or Alfa Romeo with Alfa Romeo with a strange engine for one season. <laughs> which didn't really work. We need a guess, don't we? Yeah. Shit. <laughs> Do we have any advance on Gerhard Berger? The only BMW driver I can think of, the um, <clears throat> BMW touring car driver, who was relatively successful, I can remember, was Steve Soper. Oh. But he was he was British, and I don't know when he was born. <laughs> no idea. And I don't know that he ever took part in Formula One. The name is not familiar to me. Yeah. So, don't what are you know. thinking? Or Joachim Winklehock. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if he was related to Marcus Winklehock. I've no idea. I think he was his dad. Was he? Or uncle. I'm sure he was related. But I shouldn't be giving you clues. No, you shouldn't <laughs> be. So let's have a guess. Should we have uh, Joachim Winklehock? Because you've got nothing Why else. not? Why not? Yeah, Joachim Winklehock. Okay. Or Winklehock, as his name would have been. Clue seven. In 1985 in Australia, I performed double duty in F1 and sports cars, which was the last time an F1 driver was allowed to take part in two races in the same weekend. Well, 1995 Australian Grand Prix was the last one to be held at Adelaide. This is 1985. Oh, 85, sorry. 85. I thought you said 95. No, 1985. Oh, wow, okay. So, again, I wasn't watching Formula 1 in 85 because I was too small. Um, or not long enough not long enough (laughs) if you want the rest of that joke subscribe to the Patreon show depends what I was doing at the time I suppose (laughs) 
But the um, yeah, so it would have been at the back end of the season. So if it was someone doing sports cars in Australia, as well as F1, could it be someone from the Australian neck of the woods? Such as an Alan Jones, would he be at the right age? I think he was retired by that point. Has he? Alan He's Jones was world champion in 1980, so he'd only been 21. <laughs> that's very true, yeah. yes. Still. He's one I find <laughs> difficult to place age-wise. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> Yeah, scratch that idea. Next clue? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Clue eight. I have driven for two teams twice. Oh. Sounds like Gerhard Berger. <laughs> we can't get past the burger, can we? No, I won't. Neither can Alan Jones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, right? He had, to, he had to watch his weight all that time. Now he's retired. Let's just, 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 just let, him, let him eat what he wants. <laughs> It was Nigel Mansell describing the um, Grand Prix Masters. So, it's great. We're in, uh, we're in old cars. Murray Walker's commentating and Alan Jones can't fit into the cockpit. It's just like the last 10 years never happened. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I enjoyed GP Masters. That should be a thing. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's a shame that went bust. I drove for two teams twice. Benetton twice and, I don't know, Ferrari twice. I assume this means as in had two stints rather than did like two races. Yeah, I would have assumed so. Yes, okay. I'll be generous. Next clue? Yeah. Um, I had various battles with Etten Senna on and off track, including incidents involving luggage, animals and cheese. I don't know anything about luggage, animals, or cheese and Ayrton Senna in the same sentence. But what I do know is that Gerhard Berger did like to play an awful lot of tricks on Ayrton Senna when they were teammates at McLaren. Okay. Nelson Piquet Sr. I know is known for a practical joke also. Hmm. He's possibly the right age, Piquet Sr. He would be in that neck of the woods, wouldn't he? Drove for two teams twice. He's that world champion that we always forget. Yeah. Triple world champion. Why isn't he held in the same regard as Senna? <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> he's still alive? Because <laughs> he made his child crash into a wall. Maybe. Well, <laughs> well yeah. PK Senior is not, not bad. I don't know that he returned to Williams, though. That's the thing. He definitely drove for Williams... I can't think who else. He did. He drove. Yeah, actually, I think PK did drive for Brabham at one point. What clue are we on? Uh, that was number nine. Oh, oh shit. shit! So we have to actually pick someone here. Yeah. There is ten and a spaffer. Oh, Let's good. go ten. I once owned fifty percent of an F one team. It does still sound like Berger, doesn't it? <laughs> did, did, he, did he put any investment into Toro Rosso? Because he was there, wasn't he? I'm sure he, he did. He, he, was he not like team principal at one point? Gerhard Berger? Yeah. I think he probably was. And there right. is a spaffer should you need it. Go on. For half a point. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Half a point's <laughs> better than no points. 
I am probably probably responsible for F1 bringing in the bleep machine. Uh-huh. Gerhard Berger. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I am Gerhard Berger. Yes. The um, luggage, animals and cheese Go thing. Go on, yes. That, is that, are these practical jokes that Gerhard these Berger... These are things that Berger and Senna did to each other. Excellent. Because I know Berger played practical jokes on Senna a lot. Yeah. The luggage one was the Renault helicopter on the way to a circuit. Senna had a new briefcase that was made of carbon fibre. And he said it could probably survive the fall from out here. Uh-huh. So Berger threw it out of the helicopter. I mean, that's one way to find out, really, isn't it? If it does or not. Did it? Do we know? Um, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. The animals. Berger once filled Senna's hotel room full of frogs. Okay. Without telling him. Senna comes into the hotel room, finds the frogs, clears them all out. <laughs> has a damn good idea of who's done it, marches up to Berger and said, I've got all the frogs out of my room. Berger replies with, so you didn't find the snake then? (laughs) (laughs) So in revenge, Senna broke into Berger's room with a large wheel of camembert and put it in his air con. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. (laughs) He also did own 50% of Toro Rosso. I thought so, yeah. Yeah. Um... He was the last driver to do two races at the same meeting at the 85 Australian Grand Prix, and he had to get special dispensation from the FIA. Right. Because no F1 driver is allowed to race within 24 hours of a, mm-hmm. Grand, of a Grand Prix event. And did he drive for Ferrari and Benetton twice? He did. Yeah. So that was a good one. Thanks, yes. to, thanks to me for doing that. Well done, well Paul. Done. Good one. Um, depending on Lee's health situation, he may be back next week. If not, can somebody please send me a total shunt by email, <laughs> threelegsballwheels at gmail.com. And then I've got. It will le- get used at some point if not yeah, next. Yeah, I've week. got. I've got at least one in reserve. Uh, quick Formula Lee update. It's Australia, as you'd expect, in the dry in a Mercedes. Yeah, and you've got until next Monday after the race, which is the eighteenth, to get your times in seven o'clock UK, and I think it actually is three o'clock. Eastern time in the US because their clocks have changed and they're only yeah. four out. Ours don't change until the end of March. Yes. So. so just for once, we actually get to watch the Australian Grand Prix without losing an hour, an hour's sleep. Yeah, but come on. I was just complaining earlier. It starts, it starts earlier, but the season starts earlier, but it finishes in December. It's going to be a long season. Uh, normally at this point, I'd say we'll be back next week. But? But I'm not going to. We'll be back later on this week, because we have, all being well, two shows. Uh, Because we're doing an extra show this week with a special guest live from Melbourne. Mr. Sean Kelly is joining us, because he's going to be at the circuit. Excellent. So I'll be having a chat with him Thursday morning our time. Um, Our wonderful Patreon subscribers will actually get access to that one first. Yep. Um, that should be up for Patreon subscribers on Thursday and everybody else will be able to get it through your normal podcast app on Friday. So just a day earlier for Patreons. A day earlier for Patreons. Um, I can't really sort of do hold off with a race preview until like Monday, can I? No, of no. course not. <laughs> I mean, it'd be great to have Sean back on the show. Obviously, he's been trying to deal with a lot of his own personal stuff over the last year and a bit. Um, we've, had, um, we've had other guests on the show, but Sean was the first sort of consistent guest we had on the yeah. on the podcast. So it'd be great to have uh, to have him on the show and to hear what he's got to say on uh, on second episode this week. Yes, and he will actually be there at Melbourne, so we'll get a feel for uh, 
everything that's going on. Yes. And this will be after the opening ceremony and as this well, will be so we'll have to figure out what the inside hell that the is. Inside info. Yes. Yeah, so uh, we'll find out all about the opening ceremony and all the team's um, preparations by the end of this week. Absolutely. Um, right, that's about it. Yep. Uh, we'll see you later in the week and next week as well. Indeed. When we've got our first race review. And we'll go, wow, weren't we so, so wrong about <laughs> everything? Yeah, it was when Danny Kvyat won. Yes. With Grosjean second <laughs> <laughs> and Williams on the podium. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Uh, right, we'll see you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.